Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. With us today are your co-hosts. I'm Richard Geiger. Right across from me is Mr. Ken Seymour. That's him. That's me. So, we've got ourselves an episode today that... Uh, let's do a little backstory here. So, I was listening to some music, and I... Um, was missing a podcast I normally get to listen to and was trying to find some music to kill the drive to work and came across an album I haven't listened to in quite some time. And it, as I was listening to it, singing all the words, cause I knew most of them and I knew the songs. I was like, well, what, you know, what is this? When was this thing made? Like this has to be, this has to be a two thousands album. And I look at the date and it says, 2000. So it came, it was released in the year, in the year 2000. It's right on the cusp. Now, if you know Conan O'Brien, of course, that's, that's a reference that. Anyway, so what I kind of wanted to discuss was music from the 2000s. Uh, I was thinking maybe even early 2000s, but 2000s in general, because our favorite genre of music is the 90s. Yeah. We've done an episode on that. We've done multiple episodes on music from the 90s. But that era was kind of short-lived. You know, like the 80s era was very short-lived. The hair bands, they transitioned a bit into the early 90s, and then they kind of faded away. Yeah, it just disappeared. Then all of our favorite artists from the grunge era, they transitioned as well. So the bands broke up. People died. They uh, changed the style of music. Changed the style of the music. So as that progressed, um, and as I was least looking at all the, the albums that popped up, there's a lot. There is a ton of albums from 1999. Like I, We could do a list from 1999 that was a top 10 albums list because it, that year was ridiculous for albums that came out. But then when 2000 hit, what type of music did we listen to? How did we get the music? You know what? How, what means were we were we buying CDs still? I like, was. How, how were we getting our our music? What type of music were we listening to? So, what we're going to talk about is basically our let's call them top ten albums from the year two thousand. Now, no, um, no, hold on, not the year two thousand, but from the two oh. thousands decade, two thousands decade. Yes. Okay. So. In terms of this podcast that we're doing right now, we are also on Twitch. That's right. And then this will eventually be up on YouTube as well. So as I'm talking, I'm going to be clicking on the mouse. And what I'm going to try to do is pop up all of our choices for our albums mm -hmm. on screen so that we just have a little visual representation, something other than our two ugly faces in the screen. Um, switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so as you're li if you're just listening and you hear all these clicks and a little bit of delay between things that we're doing, that's the primary reason why is just I'm throwing up different images on the screen. Also, I'd like to say, as I tend to overthink things, uh, I overthought this as well. And I tried to come up with a structure in order what, what really qualified as top 10. The only thing I really could say for sure, uh, I didn't care how many albums it sold. Uh, it's just, mm -mm. is is this, uh, for me, the, the big thing is, is this something 
that I listen to over and over? Is it something I would still listen to over and over? Is it a super strong album? And uh, that's how I came to my list, and it was not easy for me. So when I was looking at the list that I tried to come up with, with here, I was the opposite direction. So I struggled to get an actual top 10. Now, part of this was that as our interests grew, as our lives changed through the 2000s, my music taste kind of remained snobbery-ish. That's a word I just made up. I like it. Uh, so I, I, I kind of went backwards. I still like my 90s music. I still like my 90s style of music and my 90s artists. But I just tended to listen to more 80s, 70s, 60s. And I didn't go forward with much music at all. Because what I heard, I didn't like. Um, I didn't like well enough to spend money on it to buy it and then not listen to it. You know, so like a, a good a good example that may or may not be on Ken's list. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Ken's list is. It's a surprise. Um, a big one during the early 2000s was System of a Down, uh, Toxicity. Uh, that was a very, very popular, popular album oh, yeah. because it had a very, very popular set of songs on it. And the songs were cool. Oh, yeah. But I never bought that album. And I never wanted to listen to that album. I just I, I did buy that album. It is not on my top ten. <laughs> it was not in my top ten. So, order. like, that that's a good example. Um, there are, uh, gosh, Radiohead was huge in the 2000s. I can't stand Radiohead, so uh, like that's not going to appear on my list at all. But like that's uh, one of the bands that, in looking at all of other people's lists from the two thousands, was just plastered all over it in the number one slot. Actually, the like OK Computer maybe. No, OK Computer was pre two thousand. Was pre two thousand. It was uh, Type A. Type A. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. So I don't like. I I know who they are. I just don't like the music, so I wouldn't listen to it. So a lot of these bands that are in here, um, yeah, I I really struggled to get a legit top ten. Yeah. Um, I'll even I'll even um, dig a little deeper here. So I I scribbled down some notes. So I like I really had some some of my favorite bands that that we discussed in the '90s was like a a band like. Uh, I, I looked up all the dates here. So Corn, I don't even know if I had them in my list before, but they did their core albums in the '90s, and they did tons of them in the 2000s, and they were all awful to me. So I never, I never, I bought a couple of them, never listened to them, never enjoyed them whatsoever. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they had just this really ch good chunk of albums. Like a really good chunk of albums, like three. Uh, Californication was extremely overplayed, yeah. but still, still an good. album that I enjoyed. November of 1999. <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it can't be on the list. Although but, they do have an album that's on some people's 2000s list. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like, like it. And, and I own, I, I actually own two, like the, their next two albums. And they're awful, and I can't listen to them. So... They were nowhere near my list. And, and that's what I continually ran into. You know, bands like like Incubus, they made lots of great albums. I never listened to them. Uh, Godsmack, I really liked that band. All their good albums were in the, like, 1999 <laughs> and before. Uh, Stained, 
Uh, I think their uh, dysfunction. I think it was what that one was called. Nineteen ninety nine. So yeah. It can't be on the list. It was all like the, it was played in the two thousands. <laughs> it was like and just missed it. Um, you know, Metallica. What did they do? Nothing. Nothing. Good. They had Saint Anger. God, that was terrible. And then uh, Death Magnetic was later, and that album's not bad. But that was not bad. Uh, it's not one that I listened to. And truthfully, so, it's probably not fair to say it's terrible. It's just when you've released so many that were so amazing. Anything compared to that is just not not going to hit it. Not not going to make the list. So that's that's kind of what I ran into here was just trying to compile a list of albums that I owned and that I listened to and would still continue to listen to. Lady so. Gaga on that list? I'm sure it is. I saw her on those lists. Uh, no. <laughs> and I got nothing against Lady Gaga in a certain sense. She's she, a talented uh, artist. She got into my weed down list, but didn't quite make a top ten. But, like, I could do a greatest hits album of hers and listen to the ones that are overplayed and be like, yeah, these are fun. But that's that's good for me, you know. And it, it goes back to my... I think my listening habits in that there was a lot and I can I can acknowledge that there was a lot of good music made in the 2000s. Yeah. Just not good for me. Plain and simple. All right. So, before we get into our lists and we're going to have Richard start with his number 10 mm. and and then we'll jump back into it. I always like to remind uh, all of our listeners and our and our viewers that don't forget to check us out on social media. We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter or at Pudding Guys on pretty much everything else including Patreon. Ooh. If you have not already been there, it's only $1 a month to support the Pudding Guys and help us put out new content. We are in the process of getting some very interesting interviews, and I want to be able to keep bringing those interviews out and being able to keep making stuff, and we appreciate any support that we get. But enough of the self-promotion for monetary gain. On to the good stuff. Okay, so there's so many to choose from, so... That's actually false. There's not a lot to choose from. One, two, He's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, so I have eleven images here from eleven albums, and one of them is the Red Hot uh, Chili Peppers Californication, and it was 1999. So we can't do that one. So I've got to find. Let's do. Where are you? Okay. We're going to do this one. Let's see if people recognize what this album is. Ooh. I don't recognize it. I did... Um, <laughs> I can't see it. I did The Darkness. Oh, there we go. That's a fun one. So, I, I think in this particular album, the the one that people would know um, know about, that they're familiar with, is the the song, the I Believe in a Thing Called Love, yep. right? Because it's just kind of really catchy, but like the... 70s falsetto. And like the high pitch, and yeah. then the... It, if you listen to this album kind of and go front to back on this, like this is a good rock album. Disagree. <laughs> but that's but, okay. <laughs> I've listened to some of their other stuff and it, it it's good, but I really just caught myself on this one. I, I bought the album 
because of the song and ended up enjoying the other components of it. So it, it's definitely one that even to this day, I remember that I have it or I remember that I listened to it and just li listen to the whole thing. I think you get a lot of elements of um, older style of music on it. And that's probably why I like it because it's not um, um, traditional modern no. sounding No, it, it definitely is a throwback for sure. So... And That's I, what I, like I remember hearing that song. That's the whole reason I got that CD. I have that CD also. And that song was so phenomenal. It's like, I bet this entire CD is going to be fantastic. And I was so disappointed. Disappointed with it? I listened See, to it. I, was, I was the opposite. So I only got it for the song. And I was just pleasantly surprised by the rest of what I got out of the album. Yeah. Which was what I was looking for in terms of not the current stuff that we tended to hear on the radio and the other stuff well so. it definitely was that and i have to I have to put it also in perspective let's not say that the album was bad it's just to me that one song was so good and the other songs just couldn't quite hit that same it didn't hit me in that same way so it's like well it's just kind of disappointing and so every time i heard one of the other songs like yeah but this isn't as good as <laughs> this isn't as good as the, the other one and yeah yeah black shuck <laughs> I liked it. You know, I'm silly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think everybody might be... My, my list is going to be all over the place, so get ready. Because <laughs> I listen to a lot of different kinds of music. And the 2000s, for me, were great. As much as, uh, I, as, much as we talk about the grunge era, I liked the 2000s almost as much as I liked the grunge era. Because there Ooh. wasn't just one thing that I liked. Because the grunge thing was kind of the only thing I liked in the 90s. There's a lot of it, and it was great. Yeah, but there wasn't much else that I really enjoyed for the most part. But in the 2000s, it seemed like so much other stuff grew. Let's pull up number ten. Number ten. Wow. <laughs> I I love this album. Tenacious okay. D. Tenacious D is one of my favorite, not only comedy, but also just musically. They are incredibly talented. Um. So, right, I mean, think about, like, the metal, the song, the metal, the, mm -hmm. the fact that we are both fans of metal, you know, we can under kind of understand that this is some inside jokes, but the, the technicality of it was just, it's a rocking song. It's, I think people view that as a, quote, joke, like the album. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you got... If you don't, if you can look at it and take it seriously and actually listen to it, like it's a great album. Yeah. Did and then see that was the time frame that I worked at the movie theater. So like when the Pick of Destiny came out, yeah, I was down. Like it was that was to me that was a really fun movie. Besides the silliness that was to it, it kind of carried a lot of the stuff over. I thought even the small songs like the Karate song made me laugh every single time. It was a tiny, tiny song. In fact, we. Uh, a friend of mine imported it into, I think it was uh, NFL 2K5 at the time. So every time one of his guys scored a touchdown, the karate song would play. Funny. Every single time. Hmm. And it was it was really good. The greatest song in the world. So clever. And just, just fantastic. I, I can still, to this day, listen to that album front to back. And it just makes me smile. Of course, Jack Black is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Had his, did a lot of stuff in his acting career. He now, now actually has a uh, YouTube channel um, and a Twitch channel, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. I think it's one or both. And he 
uh, just plays games with his son on there. So I like it. Yeah. As a gentleman, I would love to meet. Maybe one day we will get him. Maybe we'll have that opportunity to. That'd be great. Okay, so uh, now we're on to numero uh, nine. <laughs> Nueve. Nueve, yes. <laughs> I mean, I know the next one's Ocho, right? Because yes. of uh, ESPN. <laughs> does that does that count for my? That that counts. It's, it counts as much as it needs to. Okay. So let's see if I can get this uh, image pulled up here. There it is. Okay, so now this one maybe is not as good as some of the other albums before it. Maybe not as good as the other albums after it. But I listened to it a lot, and I enjoyed it, and um, I enjoyed the songs that were on it. So I had to go with another uh, year 2000 uh, album, which is No Doubt. Um, uh, Return of Saturn. Yep, that was in my narrow down. Didn't quite make top ten. Um, I I think with no doubt you got a lot of stuff that carried over. Like their popularity carried over initially, right? Mm-hmm. And they had been performing and they'd been a band for quite some time, and then they got popular, and then they made some really good albums. And then they kind of broke up, and Gwen Stefani went her own way and did her own career. Uh, but that little stretch of their albums was just killer. Yeah, they right? were they were fantastic. Being able to blend pop and ska and uh, R and B elements and just kind of have all of that synergize. And she had such a unique voice. Had like she's not here anymore. Uh, she has such a unique voice. Just fun. Well, they're one of the bands that I've actually got to see live in a small venue before, and of course they killed it. Um, and they played songs that we knew, and they played some songs that we didn't know because, like I said, they'd had a really long career even before they became popular. So I don't know. This, this album had a lot of songs on it, also that got a lot of radio play this was this was like the time frame the early 2000s late 90s where mtv was kind of transitioning they were doing a lot of music videos um but they were doing to do other other stuff but they'd key in on like the same couple things and just play it over and over and over and over and over again and then if you had her like you couldn't necessarily stream a thing like pandora so you could still Mm -hmm. had to listen to the radio to an extent so their songs off of this album were just played over and over and over again, just like I mentioned with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. So that didn't stop me from actually enjoying this album either, just because if they're if you're a good artist and you're playing, making good music, it's easy to do. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like it. All right, on to my number nine. Drum roll. I can't make a drum roll sound, so it sounds like I'm just dribbling on myself when I try. Okay, so... Number nine. Pull it up here in... The suspense is killing me. Google Drive. Ooh, here it is. <laughs> it's got people on it. It does. It's Nickel Creek. Self-titled. Um, That's from 2000. 
Go on. It's a, okay, so I guess I'm talking about a band that may not be familiar. Now, this is probably because of the genre that they are in. Uh, it's bluegrass. Oh, um, they're the brothers of Nickelback. <laughs> not quite. But um, I, like I said, my, my picks are kind of all over the place. The Nickel Creek, I, I generally was not a fan of bluegrass for a very long time because it was too much like country, and I didn't like country for a very long time either. Uh, and I realized later it's not that I didn't like country. It's that it's... It's like playing with a handicap. In order to, you can still have great country music. It's just harder, at least in my mind. That's the way it always presented. Probably not accurate because there will be plenty of people that will disagree with that. Um, but bluegrass was like country, but harder. So it's like, man, I, I don't want to listen to three guys picking on a banjo. Generally, it's like nothing I'd ever heard with bluegrass just ever hit me right. But when I heard Nickel Creek, oh my God. They were so good. Not only did they make songs that had an emotional component to it that I hadn't heard in a lot of other music. Their harmonies were on point every time. They, they had two three-part harmonies. They had uh, the, the instrumentation was complex and layered. And it was the writing the, that they had was just fantastic. So like... Um, like uh, Ode, to a uh, Ode to a Butterfly and uh, The House of Tom Bombadil. You cannot, I, I would challenge most people to not smile listening to those songs because they're just so upbeat. It's, it's in some ways like the soundtrack to a movie and, and, and it just kind of gives you that feeling because uh, there's not really words in those songs. But you've got uh, other stuff like uh, the Lighthouse song. It still makes me tear up. When I listen to it, the writing is so good and the instrumentation. And I'm, I'm a sucker for songs that build. So they present something and then they put a layer on it. And then they put another layer on it as the song goes by. That song does that and does it so well. It's just, it's fantastic. I, I love it. Is it about a lighthouse? It is. It's told from the perspective of the lighthouse. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm no traditional bluegrass listener tour I don't know what the word sounds be. good uh, but I can get behind some Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones which oh, is yeah. not a traditional bluegrass I don't think no. it's got more that's probably why it's more appealing to me because it's got other elements behind it um, if if you like traditional rock and roll ACDC and um, you know like hard rock and roll and you like bluegrass Steven Seagulls uh, is a really, if you've never heard them or heard of them, go listen to some Steven Seagulls because basically they just cover hard rock or heavy metal bands in bluegrass style. It's a lot of fun. They're, they're really good. Like They're talented. So like I said, in the traditional sense, I can't get behind them, but I don't, I would much rather listen to bluegrass any day of the week than anything country that's not from like the 70s or earlier you know uh once you get into the 80s some of that stuff's palatable but still not great and then you get into like the 90s and on country music is just absolute garbage now that's just my opinion right yes uh we do not share necessarily the same opinion in this way i have i have very clear opinions about it's, it's more per artist rather than per time her time frame for me so yeah and but 
I don't know the country music. I, I felt like it changed, oh, and, yeah. and then how it like approached. And it, there's no hard line, and there's no hard like artist that said, "Oh, this is good and this is bad." Like it's just like I could never stand it before, and now it's it's like Dave Matthews Band to my ears. You know, we're <laughs> just cheese grater stuff. So, um, well, you'll be happy to know there's no Dave Matthews in my top ten. Yes. Now I saw him in some lists that I was kind of perusing. I was like, oh my gosh, get out of here. He was in my narrow down, but didn't quite make it. <sighs> well, lucky for us. <laughs> it's not uh, like you're listening to it on the list. It's just mentioned. Okay. So here is this other one. Now, this is this. Okay. This band, I could probably get a lot of cringe on it. And that's okay. And this album had some poppy overplayedness to it, too. But I chose uh, the Black Eyed Peas, Ella Funk. Uh, I never really had heard much from the Black Eyed Peas before or like any of the 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 artists in here because they had done some stuff i think before this and i don't think fergie was in that i think she was a newer addition in this album i could I, be wrong but i believe she was added in the next album no I she's on this one or not not the next album but the next album after the first one okay so like th- they really just kind of get their groove with this and they just all, the songs are just really good you know I, I, it's when you look at some of the poppy stuff and the hip hop and the R and B and a lot of those elements, they have some nice elements in how the music is created, but some other parts aren't great, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not a complete package, and I feel like these guys are more of the complete package without having to go like the the hardcore rap route, right? Or like R and B, like you're not talking about drugs and killing and you know garden tools and stuff like that they so. are always kind of a peripheral band for me i'd hear them hear them on the radio so i never really knew as much about them but i always enjoyed listening to them and i and i did listen to that that album a, a decent amount and it's i don't know it's hard for me not to like it i mean it's just kind of enjoyable it's nothing deep by any stretch of the no, imagination just, just uh, fun fun, yeah. fun funky um easily digestible digestible yes that's that's fair that is a fair est, uh, um i i guess description of that one so you can listen to it was on the radio you could get the um let's get it started yeah 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 that's why i was gonna ask you did you get the walmart version or did you I, get the not on this album uh, i think at that point in time uh you know circuit city was starting to, to close down so there wasn't as many of them around wait that's not that's not true it is true like most of those started to close down that's where i got burned was circuit city a couple times yeah it's so yeah, my my knowledge base on that band is significantly smaller than a lot of others, but uh, like I said, I always enjoyed them. Will I am was in um, the he was in a comic book movie. It was the Wolverine movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Origins Wolverine uh, Origins the one that everybody hates. Yes, like the worst one, almost the worst one in the entire MCU. Uh, he was the guy that. Could teleport yeah i remember that now i i can 
I'd blocked that out of my <laughs> memory in several respects. I mean, it's such a great movie and all. The beginning of that movie was fantastic, and then the rest of it was just not. But, all right, so let's go to number eight from my side. Number eight is... Oh. That's right, going up to the, the hip-hop side of things. Outcast, Speaker Box, and The Love Below. Which, I didn't know whether to categorize that as a single disc, since it was two discs. But uh, uh, I could have gone with Stank On You. That's what I was going to ask you, because why you chose this one over that one? A couple of different reasons. Um, one is, I didn't think all of the songs on Stank On You were uh, as as good. Uh, so, I mean, so about half the tracks on Stank On You were really, really good. And to be fair about half the tracks on both of these discs were really, really good. But when you mix them together, you got a full CD of really good really good tracks. But more than that, the, the maybe the most popular song off of Stank Anya was uh, So Fresh, So Clean. Uh, when I first heard that, mm. it annoyed the living crap out of me. I, I don't know why, because I hear it now, and I really like it. I don't know what changed, but at the time, it really annoyed me. So that kind of played a little bit into it. Now, uh, I tried to listen to, like, because I never really got into Outkast more than just their songs that everybody else had heard. So I was like, well, let me let me just grab a couple of these albums and from, from the streaming service. I don't own any of them, but I, I figured I would grab a couple of them and just play them and see, if, like if they are more palatable now to me 10 years later than what they were then. And no, they're not. So uh, I don't, I don't dislike those albums. If they got played, I'd be like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, and a lot of the songs on there are cool. It's just not something that I never really, it never stuck with me. So some of them just get me hyped anytime. I like, uh, was it uh, tomb of the boom? That song I, is one of my favorites. I mean, not just from outcast, but one of my favorites period. Uh, just because it's got such a great beat and there's a, a sharing of, I like sharing of the mic between multiple MCs. That's uh, it's another thing that I just tend to enjoy. And uh, But you get, you get two styles. That's the other reason I chose this because they emphasize a completely different stylistic interpretation between the two different artists. That is, that is a really nice thing because the other one, one appears on the other one's in to some extent right yeah like there's always that, yeah. that crossover but it's really one artist expressing themselves with help from the other and that just makes it all the more better to go together like it's yeah. it's it, it i totally appreciate it it's just never anything that i was like i really gotta have that and i never am yeah, so all right okay, so we got seven yep 24 7 dre snoop and devon Siete. Okay, so the one that I've chosen for number seven here is kind of a continuation, let's call it. And by that I mean it's not one that is a favorite from this band. It's not my favorite album. It's not my second favorite album. It's not my third favorite album from this band. That's impressive. Um, but when it comes to this era, it's one of those albums that when you listen to it again later, you get an even more 
appreciation of the music that's on it and the evolution of the band. So what I chose was Stone Temple Pilots and Shangri-La Dada. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Not anywhere near the top of their stuff in my mind either, but still really good. Yes. Now, you saw elements of how this band was going to kind of progress on their music in the previous albums because I feel like you associated Stone Temple Pilots with like a more heavier grungy sound in in in, in a sense but no. when you dig into the albums you, you get more of a mellow kind of co- collection of things i, I feel think like. o- i think the only people that, at least i would say that would consider them to be heavier are the people that listen to the first album and then never listened to anything after Any, anything yes and it, it just progressed yeah like when you look at uh, purple like that album is great and it comes at you with a lot of stuff and then mellows out over the course. Yeah. And then Tiny Music is really good. Tiny Music has a lot of good songs on it that I think maybe even get overlooked. I could be wrong. And then number four, like all, all these albums, they just start out. Number four start out so strong. That yes. first track, jeez, oh, Pete. I remember waiting for that at midnight so I could go and buy it. Um, but... All the songs have that more mellowed tone to them as you progress. This album here has a lot of that throughout, mm-hmm. right? You you don't get necessarily that same instant push from the album. And it's if you look at all of our other favorites, like we said, you know, somebody had died, the band had broken up, things had gone a different direction, but yet this band at least through 2000 mm. uh, was still together, still making music. And then they just, I somehow expect you're going to put velvet revolver, velvet revolver somewhere in this top 10. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, that's a negatory on that one. Negatory. Right. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking at this album, like, did I actually list? Like, did I actually listen to this music? Did I, li- did I have it? And I was like, yeah, actually I did. Yeah. At the time when I had my car that had a CD player in it uh, and you had a little folder of CDs and you rotated them, you know, a couple would stick around. Yeah. And this one always stuck around simply because I wanted to listen to this to Because I listened to all the other ones a hundred times and I wanted to listen to this one more to get a better appreciation of the music that was on. Makes sense to me. Okay, on we go, onward and upward. So, My number seven. I'm so excited. Uh oh, what's it gonna be? It's a person. <laughs> it is a person. It is. It is Amy Lee I... on the cover of Evanescence's Fallen CD that came out in uh, 2003. This this CD, man. I mean, if we can get past the fact that um, uh, Bring Me to Life was overplayed more than any song I think I have ever heard. Wake ever. me up. But the and this is where we start getting into I mean, the, the ones that I've mentioned before, most of the disc is really awesome. There may be one or two songs like, oh, I'm going to skip this or it's a comedy track i'm gonna skip that there is not a single 
bad song on this disc. I can listen to every single one of them and say, yes, I will listen to all of them regularly. And not only that, I, th- this, was, this was such a, a revelation to me in certain respects because I had not heard them at all when I first got the disc. Uh, I had gone to uh, a concert, uh, May Day. That's what you're, yeah, we had this discussion yeah. in one of our previous podcasts. Exactly. So that's where I saw them and I liked them so much, I immediately went out and bought the CD because they were, they rocked so hard. And then watched Daredevil like 10 times. <laughs> well, eventually. But uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, songs like Tourniquet, I mean, that that is so good. Um, My Last Breath. I mean, it, it, they have harmony. They have the, the the distortion that I like to hear in a lot of the songs. They they've got this great meld of different styles and all set to just kind of a metal feels like yeah I can I can get behind this all day long. Yeah, they always had some I think popular not popular some positive vibes when it came to their music being played. And you're right, that one kind of un. Fortunate for them made them a lot of money. Unfortunate for them might have soured people's opinion on them because of that one song that was everywhere, everywhere. But you're right when it comes to their music. I I have not sat down and like, I'm going to listen to these guys for an hour. But what I've ever heard of them was always just solid, really good. Oh, yeah. Very well. If you are a rock or metal person, extremely palatable. Oh, that's yeah. I think that's the big thing. And she even uh, that band even made us like. Oh, I heard that one of her big influences, one of the people she loves, like Meatloaf. It's like you know I never remember liking any of the stuff that he played. So I got to go back and listen to that because that this is no, I still didn't still didn't like. <laughs> yeah, <Meatloaf. laughs> no, yeah, it's not going to change the opinion on on you for Meatloaf. Yeah. I, that one I can assure you, but. Um, Put him in a movie and I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, we keep things PG, so, you know, BTs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 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 That's, you know, like, that's, that's not what I associate him with, but that's like the first thing I thought of when he said meatloaf. Oh, uh, BTs, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no, no, let's, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it nice. Okay, so we're at number six? Yes, we are. Number six. Okay, so uh, I mentioned this band a little bit earlier. Uh, I chose, because this was like the this was the like the last one that I kind of got into. I chose uh, I got Corn and Issues is the band is the album that I've got. So they had a like I said, a good stretch. Oh gosh, that one's not formatted very well at all. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sizing it down. Yes. All the other ones were good. So what you got with this album is a progression of solid albums. Like their first one is just real heavy. It's raw. raw. Like just, yeah, it, it's really good. We used it actually as a... Uh, soundtrack if you will for a project we did in high school when we had to film a, a video of uh, a Shakespeare thing and it was in a yeah anyway so it was pretty funny but as their albums kind of progressed right they became more popular and they did more stuff 
we saw him in I saw him on tour for the original Family Values tour. That just only made me like them even more because they put on a, a really good show. But this was probably the last album that I really that had good songs on it that I listened to that you didn't listen to. Oh, I listened to it. It had one or two I liked. That, that had some. It had some elements on it from their other ones, but it, they they were right on the cusp here of they put, got a lot of play on the radio. They got a lot of play from their music videos yeah. on MTV because they had the one where the bullet goes through everything and like, oh, that's so cool. Look at that one. But then the band kind of changed, and I had some albums after this, and they're just oh, they're brutal. They're unlistenable. So. This was like the line right here. They had this album, which had good songs on it. Front to back, you could you could put this and a couple other albums in, and then after, after that, it was just all downhill. After this, Richard switched to Edema. <laughs> I wish to something. <laughs> yeah, I. They had a pretty good history of I feel like the first couple songs once again like your idea on these albums if you throw in a good couple songs it gets the listener involved and then if you have some stronger ones you put them at 9 or 10 and then you build in the album kind of in between there yeah. that's always happened with these guys but this isn't necessarily my favorite of their albums kind of like with Stone Temple Pilots but we're looking at the 2000s so this was my favorite of their and their albums in this era uh, compared to the other music that I just never listened to, so sure, that's sure. why I went with these guys. Yeah, that, that, I, I always liked Corn. Well, not always, but for the most part, I liked Corn, and they had some that was a good stuff on that. I always liked the fact that they were that oh, kind of heavier metal, but they still had some funky vibes in there mm -hmm. as well. The mm -hmm. bass had its own sound to it, which kind of always caught my ear. And then later on, of course, they integrated uh, Ice Cube into one of their albums, so they had more of the hip-hop elements in there, too. So I liked how they kind of changed, evolved, and like after they just became unlistenable, they started doing more electronica yeah, stuff in it. And it that was, was not good. It was just bad. You'll notice in both of our top tens that we have no electronica. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, you, you mean you don't have any Prodigy in here? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're on what? Number, number six. six. Cool. Number six. Ooh, it's dark. Mm, see, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Jay-Z, The Black Album. Um, 2003, again. Uh, still, in my mind, the best one that he made. I mean, a lot of people will argue that one, but I was extremely impressed. I always liked Jay-Z to begin with, and just the polish. Maybe it was who produced the album with him, whatever, whatever something about this particular album. There, there, was, a, there was just a finish to it that was amazing. Um, you could have anything from, you know, like the banger that you want to listen to, to something that you could actually play in public, which surprised the heck out of me because I'd never seen a Jay-Z song you didn't have to bleep at least once. He had one on this disc. Well, until the very end of the song, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you just turned the volume down right at the end. Just right at the end. It was fine. But, I mean, the the, the references he had uh, were always, he's lyrically 
incredibly gifted and is able to able to write songs that can that can hit on multiple levels which is which is really nice so i mean i mean 99 problems that's super solid uh, didn't he get the uh the director like rob zombies director for that video or something it was it was it was mm. some there was some collaboration that you just wouldn't it's been long enough now that my brain and it's late so not everything is functioning at a hundred percent but uh and that's when people cared about music videos too yeah yeah well, for the most part um dirt off your shoulder i mean just listenable the the beat was a little different and the effects were different but it was still super super cool uh, public service announcement. I, I can listen to that over and over and over again. I never get tired of it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's and again, another album that doesn't have a weak song on it, which is so rare. So I've never personally held a super high opinion of Jay-Z, but that doesn't mean I don't like him. I just never got into his music. Now, I actually do have, uh, what is it, the Hard Knock Life Volume... One, two? Two, I think. They're both good. The the one that had the the Little Annie... Oh, that's the, two. That's two, yeah, that's the one that I had. And I enjoyed that album, but it never made me want to go purchase more of the albums. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I I don't have a negative, like I said, a negative uh, view on him. And maybe so. So this this may sound silly, but I've always had like if you look at a lot of my choices when it comes to rap or hip hop music, I've always enjoyed more of a West Coast artist and a more of a Southern like. Memphis and more South type right. of artist, and the East Coast style of rap or hip hop. Although I never disliked, I never really got into right. You know, like, it always had a starker feel, I think, to a lot of people. But and, I like that. And, and and once again, it's not, it's not that I didn't. I not that I hated any anybody. Uh, I have a. Um, you know, I've got a Buster Rhymes album. Uh, he almost made my top ten. Not quite. Yeah. So that's that's neither here nor there. Oh, such a hard top ten. Okay, so now we're we're into number we're five. Cracking the top five. Do you have any ideas on um, oh social media things? Well, I thought we already talked about the social media things. We did that at the beginning. Any other ideas on social media things? <laughs> I have no ideas on social media things. Okay, on to number five then. <laughs> All right, so I guess I've got to decide here. Um, what do I want for my... Oh, I see. You were stalling trying to, <laughs> trying to come up with a choice. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so I know I like... I like the rest of my five is a solid five. Like these are the ones that I like, but um, I'll go with this one as number five. I chose 
Um, now this was actually the trigger for me to want to do this uh, episode too. So I chose uh, Disturbed, uh, The Sickness. Very nice. I got into the narrow down list. Now, my I guess my story of the backstory on this one was when I still worked as a scrub in my movie theater days. Part of the things, like the headquarters for what I worked at was, gosh, five hours away. And there were there was a time where I had to take a trip. Once again, I'm just an hourly employee scrub. I had a box van type of rider truck that I had to go up to the headquarters and pick up a thing, an inflatable thing, I think, and yeah. drive it back down. Well, on the trip up to the place, uh, I was just trying to listen to some music. And I heard, I found scribbling through the radio stations, like a hard rock station. And this song came on. Yeah, I was like, like, this is really cool. Like, you don't hear this type of stuff on the radio anymore. And instantly i was like oh my gosh like i didn't it's not like i had a cell phone to write the things down or do any of that type of stuff so i had to scrounge for paper to try and write this <laughs> write it down and the thing about it was i heard it and i really enjoyed it but i didn't get to write it down oh, i was man. like oh my gosh so i just stuck it on that radio and hoped that they played it again and i got stuck in that city because the truck that i was using uh the transmission went out on it so I had to stay up there for a night and get a different truck before I could drive down with the, it was really dumb but I got that album out of it because they of course did play it again and I was able to write it down and I went and bought it like the next day so that album was it was super good I mean that that that, that solidified them as somebody that I wanted to listen to pretty much no matter what and there are subsequent albums. The thing is, I never listened to them. I had this one, and I liked it so much. And that was that was not quite an internet time where you got notifications. You could look up online, like when all these things were coming out. The internet was there, but it's not like you could pull it up on a phone. Like no. that, that wasn't a thing. So I didn't know of subsequent albums. I didn't listen to the radio much. Uh, started listening to more sports talk radio at the time, so I didn't listen to any music to hear any other albums and kind of just forgot about them releasing other things. Uh, the only thing I do remember about this band is they actually came when we lived in Lafayette. They came to Lafayette to perform um, and then went out to the uh, strip clubs all night and just got hammered and then canceled the show the next day. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's... <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for Disturbed but yeah. that album is killer and they do have one of the one of my more favorite covers of all time A Land of Confusion is still just one of my top interpretations of a song from a slightly different genre and now number five and image this is also likely one that uh, Richard has never listened to. Mm. <laughs> but I have listened to this over and over and over and over and over and over. No range? No. 
No, just Bruce Hornsby. In fact, the band that he used on this particular album was his tour band. Um, uh, he had been touring with um, with the Grateful Dead, if I remember correctly. That's true, because somebody um, got sick or somebody passed away. Something like that. But whatever it was, he, he did he did that tour, and I think this this was his last CD he did with RCA. I seem to remember also. But oh, so big swing face is the name of it with Bruce Hornsby, uh, or it was Bruce Hornsby, I should say. And this is not to be confused uh, with uh, the Buddy Rich album of the same name, uh, <laughs> completely different album. But uh, it's it's so different. So if you listen to you know like old valley road like the 80s bruce hornsby you know the the piano and just kind of the the light pop kind of feel a little folk in there that sort of thing nope not on this cd it is way different there is r&b elements and funk elements and electronic elements and uh, very light, very light electronic elements, um, but it's it's got jam band elements to it. It's, I, it's it's something you have to listen to to really understand. Uh, tracks like uh, Cartoons and Candy have just got this this tempo that's infectious. In fact, I heard this album when I went into a Roscoe's Tacos in Greenwood. I heard just one song off of it. And I was waiting in line for my food, and it, it came on, and I started. It's like, oh, this has got a good beat. And then I heard him sing. It's like Bruce Hornsby. This this doesn't sound like Bruce Hornsby. And I immediately had to go out and find the disc and listen to it. And it, I've played it over and over and over again. It's still by far my favorite one that he's done. Mm. Um, yeah, again, not another song that doesn't have a weak week song or another disc that doesn't have a week song on it so my podcast that i tend to listen to what i mentioned earlier was on a break for a while so i had to find some music to listen to um has interviewed bruce hornsby um even if it's a sports technically a sports podcast they interviewed uh bruce hornsby uh, God, i want to say a couple times but yeah he he talked a lot about you know him performing in various types of things, him touring with the dead for a while. So um, it was interesting. It's interesting to hear them discuss what they do and how they do and why they do and all that type of stuff. So after that, I did go back in and um, revisit some Bruce Hornsby because I was like, I've never sat down and purposefully listened to him before and went back and listened to some of the songs He's he's a pretty good artist. Yeah, uh, he is pretty phenomenal. Apparently, he knows what he's doing. Uh, and if if Mr. Hornsby, by chance you hear this or see this, please come come on to our show. You are somebody who I want to talk to so badly. Uh, I uh, you were at a Indiana State Fair at one point, and uh, it was like a million degrees outside. <laughs> And my wife had to drag me away. It's like, no, must go see Bruce Hornsby. No, we don't have time. But it's Bruce Hornsby. She goes, so? It's like, but it's Bruce Hornsby. And so, you know. You were close. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> All right. So now we're, we're getting close here, right? Okay. So I will choose. I choose you. Uh, so for number four, um, this is a good one. I got Luda. 
It's a ludicrous uh, word of mouth. He was in my narrow down that disc specifically. I almost made it. And trust me, I've got four other of his albums, and I enjoy all of them. Um, he was in my list of my favorite hip-hop artists. And where or why, I mean, I, I don't know why I started listening to him or where the... I guess the song or what the impetus was for me to actually start purchasing his albums. If it was this one, I just don't remember. I just remember I got it and it was awesome. And I listened to it an awful lot. Um, and then I just started buying all the other ones that he would do. But this was the one that I remember just, uh, well, I was, <laughs> I was being an, a nutty boy when doing some, some, some using substances that you might not have but. no no um <laughs> that's not it yeah that's not it at all but okay this one was always the one that we could always put in turn up and you know just you know listen to as some young white gentleman and enjoy quite thoroughly <laughs> he's got uh He's got a style that is just makes it so easy to listen to anything that he's got. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever really going to be able to replicate that particular, that predict, the cadence and the, the wordplay that he uses, the inflection in, in what he does fits the music so well. It's just, it's just too good. And some of his rhymes, of course, are, you know, they're, they're cheesy to an extent. But they work. Yeah. But they work, right? So, like, if it was somebody else doing that type of cheesy rhyme in the course of an album, you'd just call it out for being cheesy. But for for some reason, for him, it, it, just, it just fits. It just works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say. That's all I have to say about that. That's right. All right. Number four for me. Okay. Let's go quick here. We're going to stray into a, another, another slight different genre shift. Right, row raggy. Slight. Uh, okay, so number four. Number four. Funny. Mama's gun. Eric Badu. I have a great love of this particular artist. Uh, she's got a great voice. She writes in a very accessible way. The very beginning of this disc has this kind of build as you're hearing people talking and whispering in the background and this it's like, ah, I gotta listen to that right now. It's it's so good. And it's clever. In fact, that's like one of the songs, although it's clever which I will not attempt to pronounce with any sort of okay. inflection that works. But uh, it, she, is, she is just fantastic, and she writes, writes stories that have affected her and her past, and it just flows. I mean, it's, did you listen to any of her stuff at any point? So the one um, album that I mentioned that I can't even think because it's uh, 12... 30 at night. Um, <laughs> uh, 
we're talking about East Coast people, and I said that I had some um, an album from that person on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that album has Erica Badu on it. That's the only thing that I've collected or have. So not purposefully. Um, what you gonna do with Erica Badu? I'm gonna have some fun. That's right. Okay, so. I I get because her like I feel like her music isn't the traditional like you you can't say it's traditional R and B you it's can't not. say that it's hip hop like you can't put it in a you have to put it in a category but it doesn't conform to that no. category. That's one of the reasons I liked it. So the bass lines, um, like the beginning song "Penitentiary Philosophy." Uh, the bass is very funk and it just kind of goes all over the place and i love that the fact that uh, any band that can have uh the bass do more than just i'm on this key now i'm on this key but just just kind of have its own path that it takes that keeps my interest more and it's it's a lot of fun yeah she's groovy when i said funny um Maybe I'll explain to you after we're done with the podcast why I said funny when that popped up. <laughs> All right. um, but not not that the album's funny. The artist is funny for a certain reason. So, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Okay, so we got three more. Ooh, we're getting, almost there. Getting to the tippy top. Okay, so I've got to go with uh, some more of the hippity hops or the wrappings if if you want to <laughs> the wrappings of the papers yeah if you want to put it in a certain category okay uh now this one i don't know that you're maybe maybe i don't know maybe um this will surprise you uh-huh. so i've got now there, there's a couple albums but I chose this one because I listened to this one way more than the other one. Uh, right. I've got Lil John and the East Side Boys. Uh, but I chose Crunk Juice. All right. I, I guess I should expect that that would probably pop up. Um, now, so this isn't the album that I think everybody associates with Lil John. It, it's not the one that has the pop the where he became popular right that's sure. that was the album that was before this one but i just maybe it's because of how i collected them and i collected this one first and then went back and got the other one that maybe i just had a greater appreciation for this album but i play the whole thing front to back and it's got a lot of good uh, like guests, artists on oh, it yeah. as well. You definitely have a lot of great people to work with, and that—that's probably one of the reasons why I like it too. And and when we did our episode about our some of our favorite um, hip hop rap artists, uh, I, I had in my list Eight Ball and MJG, and they make an appearance on here. So sure, I just—I I don't know. This something about him and his his yes and his okays don't annoy me right i think they're funny but like not not in a hilarious way you find them amusing i find them amusing yes 
but the music itself and his voice his voice doesn't grate on me either it can i know why it can right but because it's, it's little it's it's real like short bursts of shouting basically and that's not traditional rap and hip-hop that people like well maybe it is i don't know but for some reason his style and his the beats that he has just makes sense to me and i can listen to i can listen, listen to this album front to back i gosh i it was it's it was christmas music for me this last mm-hmm. christmas driving to to go to uh uh, hang out with the family for Christmas. So. I always found I never disliked him. I always found him all right. I just uh, he was never he was never an artist that really hit me exactly right. So if he was with other people, especially if it was not on his own CD, it's like oh yeah, great. You know, like Usher when he was in the Usher song that got played a hundred million times. Like okay, yeah, it's actually really good with him in it. It's better because he was in that song. Uh, but I just uh, see him on Chappelle's show. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but uh, um, didn't take himself too seriously. No, right? no, I, I appreciate that. It just wasn't ever anything that's like, yeah, I'm not going to play this regularly in my in my stuff. Not generally. <laughs> yeah, just uh, way to get you motivated, I think. Yeah. Or, or not, you know. And talking about funny, you should probably laugh when you pull up number three for me. It's Lil John and the Eastside Boys. <laughs> no. Number three. Uh, <laughs> it's Incubus. <laughs> Morning View from 2001. Um, I know you say you didn't listen to much of Incubus. And what I did listen to was not this album. And it, this is their best album in my estimation. It has... You know, we talked a little bit about Evanescence having a song that was just played to death. We actually talked about several of them that had a song that was played to death. Well, they did too. Nice to Know You was played to death on the radio. Yes. Because it was it was a good song the first 30 or 40 times you hear it. Maybe not so much after that. But the entire album is fantastic. In other words, just every single song is really, really good. The, the, the art of, again, I like the art of storytelling in a song, and he, uh, they can do that. Uh, the 11 a.m., uh, it starts, you know, talking about 7 a.m., then later in the day, as he's reacting to something that's happened and thinking things through. It's, it's really clever. It um, still has, I talked about layering, building up on a song, being kind of the thing that I get to. Just a Phase off of that uh, disc is, in my mind, the song that does that the best of any I've ever heard. I mean, it literally just starts with scratching on a board um, and slowly layers in musical elements until you get to the main song. It's, it's like 30 seconds in <laughs> before you actually get to the main song. But it is, it is beautifully done and just fantastic. And the whole disc is great. And I listen to it a lot. Yeah. You like, you like that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So well, I, I think I mentioned, was I, did I mention, yeah, I mentioned them when we first started this podcast because I enjoyed their music. I enjoyed a lot of their songs, but it was not, it was not anything that I collected. And 
I don't remember which album it was that um, my wife had. So she listened to it. And she listened to multiple Incubus albums and liked them all, still likes them all. Um, yeah, same. And there was just one that got played maybe more than the others. But it wasn't something that I would purposefully pop into the CD player. You know, because, you know, CDs at the time still. Yeah. But I even now, when I play those albums, like I find myself listening to some of the songs and hit and skip and hit and skip and kind of just go into a couple other songs and like enjoying it but like not wanting to listen to the whole album not because it's just like yeah these are okay i find myself here it is i find myself wanting more ah, not yeah. not that i not that i dislike them i just don't search for them and enjoy them well here's the thing richard i am bottled fizzy water Shake me up. I'm guessing that's a reference. Yeah, it's, to in, them. it's in one of the songs. It's in, <laughs> it's in the just a face song. Uh, it's just me. It will stick with me always. Okay, so now you are a fingernail running down the chalkboard that I thought I'd left in third grade. We've got the top two. So honestly, these two could be interchangeable to me, but uh, if we got to pick one, I will pick. Uh, for number number two, I chose the only iteration of this band, the only album that they ever created and probably ever will create, happened in 2001, I want to say, um, and that is Oysterhead, which is the name of the album is The Grand Pecking Order. Is that Blue Oyster Cult and uh, Machine Head? Machine Head. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting collaboration. Um, so what you got out of this album was three randoms that came together to make an awesome, awesome record one time. Went on tour and that was pretty much it. Kind of like a Temple of the Dog situation. Yes. So one of my favorite bands that uh, I discussed was Primus. My favorite artist of all times is Les Claypool. And Primus did plenty of albums. And they had one in 1999, as we discussed. 1999 was just a great year for albums. And they did one that is probably not heralded as one of their best, but is just a great album. Had a lot of guest artists, including Kirk Hammett and Tom Morello and James Hetfield on it. But after that, they were pretty much, they went on hiatus for a while. So Les Claypool's in it. Um, also, Trey Anastasio's in it from Fish. Nice. Um, they were on hiatus for a little bit. And then the third member was Stuart Copeland from The Police. So they got together and did this album like I said, went on tour. We got to see him in a small venue, and they just That's crushed it. Stellar, just crushed it. And I went into. I think I mentioned this when we discussed our um, concert experiences before. Is that I went into it with a bunch of fish fans, uh, with a crowd that was a bunch of fish fans, and they're 
my friend's reaction to it afterward was one that was awesome and two Les Claypool was awesome and then everybody else that was there I read in the reviews like oh I didn't know I was going to a Primus show I'm like get out of here like, <laughs> so this is a if you listen to the album it is a great combination of all of the artists together you can see the the interminglings of the two and obviously there's a lot of less claypool not primus less claypool there's a lot of trey and familiar fish tones huh, that's funny but that, that get melded together in certain things are distinguishable and separate tones in certain things so it's just a, and then copeland is just there he's just he's just he makes it complete <laughs> because i think if you have too much of one or too much of the other that you may get that impression right but what they've done is just made a he complete band with out. just you know three people and it's hard to describe unless you listen to it and if you don't like Les Claypool you'll hate the album if you don't like Fish you'll hate the album right so like it's not for everybody but for me I don't technically own Fish any Fish albums I burned a Fish album which no none of the fish people actually like. It's their least favorite album. Um, so I wasn't a fish fan at all. Still am not. But this collaboration is just killer for me. One of my favorites for sure. Nice. All right. Okay. So on to number those for me. Two. Number two. Okay. You should you should know this one. You're probably gonna ruin my number one with your number two here. I somehow doubt it. Hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't open. <laughs> that, that would be funny. Uh, I I I was looking for this artist or its other iteration from the lead singer in some form in your yeah. life. Yeah, it was bound to happen. And it's uh, a perfect circle, Meriden Oms 2000. It was either going to be this or Lateralis. And they're both good. Yeah, really, really good. But Perfect Circle, this first album, I just, I was amazed because I already really liked Tool to begin with. And to hear that kind of uh, sound altered a little bit. And. Some would say softened. I don't really think it's so much of a softening as it's just a, a, a different stylistic uh, stylistic uh, avenue that it was going down. It was it was amazing. I, I just I another one where there was just no bad song on it, and some of it was a little experimental, so it may not be for everybody. Uh, but I mean things like uh, the Hollow and. Uh, Rose and Judith I mean that's the one that got played the most and that song rocks so hard still has my favorite uh, in a music video one of my favorite bits um, the uh, bassist at the time which changed after this album um, she in in the little lull in that song has her hair down and then puts it up and then goes back to playing one of the hottest things I think I've ever seen it's for for kind of a musicianship sort of things that's really cool and on top of that she's just phenomenal on the bass that and everybody is excellent uh and just um just amazing i mean this it's got it's got the vocals it's got the hard rock it's got the blending of 
genres. It's it's so good. It's so good. Tool was one of the bands that a lot of my friends liked, and I tried to listen to, and I could just never completely get into. And it, it's a it's a band that in my head I wanted to like because I love heavy bass driven music and that's this and, and like hard rock right like but and that's this band mm-hmm. but I just never it never it never came never met what I thought it would be meaning like if you had a four minute song I'd hear 30 seconds or a minute of something that was just awesome and I wanted that to be the rest of the song and it never never went that way so when it came to a perfect circle, I was just like, uh, "Well, why would I like this?" Right? So <laughs> it's what you wanted. Yeah, it, it's what I wanted. It's exactly what I wanted. So as my tastes evolved and then got stuck in a certain form, I never, I, I never thought, "Well, let's give these guys a try," right? Because it's is it a different iteration like what is it i figured it'd just be something similar right and it kind of but not not because this is more of the traditional the traditional music from what i've heard of it anyway yeah we're talking about more consumable Uh, yeah yeah this definitely is if you're if you're wanting an entry point into his style this is definitely the band to go into it because if you listen to tool i always felt that it was very uh, the the way you put the the music together was very orchestral in the arrangement. So there's going to be movements and things are going to shift and change, and not all of it may be quite what you're expecting it to be. And I love that. That's great. It doesn't make for that song that you're always going to want to play over and over and over again. It's, yeah. it's an experience and a and a and a progress, but it's just just it's it doesn't hit everybody quite quite right yeah and once again i've mentioned this on a lot of these bands that maybe that you've had on here or that i mentioned before it's not like i don't like tool or a perfect circle like that's not it at all it's just i don't own them don't intend on owning them and don't seek to listen to them because when i've tried it in the past it's change your mind for this one (laughs) <laughs> this one's worth it. This one's worth it. This one's worth it. But this this is right up your alley. Well, I have no podcasts to listen to on the way to work and back for a few days. So, and I have a long drive this weekend, so I got a lot of things to listen to. Okay, now number one. Number one, and I feel like this might be the one that. Are things converge on? I Maybe doubt, I doubt it. Very no, seriously. You you chose something. Okay. Well, good. Good that we had some um, differences here. Okay. So for me, number one is a self-titled self-titled album. So it's not Fiona Apple. No. That was in my narrow down. No. No, no, Fiona. It is Audio Slave. That was also in my narrow down. Oh, geez. It's the biggest picture of all. <laughs> you just see the flame? <laughs> Half the flame. Uh, it's the same format that I got on all We like to bring ones. you high production values here. Bingo! Got it. There it is. So, this harkens back to what I mentioned before. So, some of our 
favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, Rage Against Machine actually did a um, an album in 1999. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Battle for Los Angeles. And that's a great album. Yeah, it is. And then they were done. And Soundgarden, they were effectively yeah done. That, down on the upside was the last last one. Was that right before this? Before this, and yes. And then of course Chris Cornell had his solo album. Did some did. did some solo stuff. Um, they eventually did get back together and recorded a few yeah. things l- later. later on. But this is what they did. Those remaining. So Zach DeLaRocca went his own way. Although they've gotten back together and done some performances. Mm-hmm. A few. But it's not something I feel like is a permanent get back together. So like right now, for example, um, the members are on tour. They're on tour as the Prophets of Rage. It's not Zach. He's not there. Um, Chuck D is there. And I want to, gosh, I want to say it's, there's somebody else. It looks, looks like a guy from uh, Cypress Hill, actually. Mm-hmm. But they're on tour performing uh, Rage songs. So you have the band, and then you have Chris Cornell. So, you know, like Tom Morello and Brad Wilk and uh, Tim.com. <laughs> And they came together, and they made just a killer... I mean, I wouldn't think that those two band sounds would meld at all. And it really did. (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, when you can take... Because I kind of figured at that point, I wasn't much of a concert goer. Still am not. I was like, well, I'm never going to see Soundgarden. I never did see him. I never will get to see him, actually. Um, I never saw Rage. I'll never get to see Rage. But I did get to see these guys, so I, I would at least comp- accomplished something that I can say. Yeah, yeah, I saw one of the best, one of my favorite um, artists of all time, in my opinion. Right. Oh, yeah. So hey, look, it even says right here. Yep, I got it. A little foreshadowing. It's right here. So i don't know when you listen to the the intro on this album you know like the you know the lead up to it with like just like little guitar and some oh, drums yeah. banging and then uh cochise, cochise. Yeah. yeah and then it just mm. wails in with some hard rock and then like the of course the lyrics that you'd expect the, the vocals that you'd expect um it's killer man it's just yeah. a great album and then you get some of the mellow tones later on throughout the album too so it's not all just in your face. In your face, just blowing stuff up and just killer. I was so excited that they did this. I was like super excited they were going on tour. They got an opportunity to see them on tour. So this was a natural progression as the grunge era was coming to an end mm-hmm. and rock was evolving. This was an evolution of the grunge and the mm-hmm. rock era that didn't necessarily last too long and this was definitely the best of their collaborations in my opinion i think so too but um yeah that's my number one yeah that's a good choice uh it nearly made my top 10 list but there are too many choices for me uh, and, and, and it didn't quite make it just basically because like i listened to it a lot but i didn't listen to it as much as the others that are on my top 10 mm, yep see when you own them and you listen to them 
you kind of know the ones that stuck in your CD sleeve that was in your car that you listened to and you took that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We had a CD player in our car and had about 60 CDs in various types of containers. Although I was fancy. I was was on the early edge of putting MP3s onto the CDs. So I had multiple CDs on a single CD at any given time. Wow. Yeah, I was I felt special at that point. You made yourself a playlist? <laughs> yes, I did. Ooh. Right. My number one is uh also a hard rocking band and my favorite band of uh it has been for decades now, and that's Seven Dust. Uh Animosity in two thousand one. That was a hard one to choose because they had they've got a lot of good CDs. Uh, a lot of good discs, but I I like music that can surprise me, that comes out of nowhere. We've talked a couple times in this podcast about just hearing something. It's like, oh my God, that's good. I heard Angel Son on MTV. I saw a snippet of a video, didn't get the name, and like you're saying, you can't really find, I didn't know who it was, what it was. It didn't play again for a long time. Mm. So I had to try and dig and find it and finally did. And I listened to this this disc and listened to their older stuff. And then it's like they had me hooked. It was it was just done. The they they have a great hard rock sound. They have two excellent vocalists. So you can that's a big thing for me. I, I love heavy metal. The yelling heavy metal, less a fan of because it's, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. If I'm in the right mood, yeah, I can kick that. But I, I want to actually hear that you can sing and not just, not just sing, but sing and have it work. It's like, oh man, I mean, bring in some blues, bring in some, some soul, bring in something that just kind of gives me that and like Angel Sun was not a hard song. It was melodic, but it was in response to the death of a friend that they, they mm-hmm. wrote it. So that's purpose behind it. Purpose behind it. And it gave me goosebumps when I heard it. It was just kind of that good. Kind of the same feeling I got when I heard uh, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers the first time. Kind of, oh, that's that's something different. That's that's really excellent. And there is there's so much good on this on this on this particular uh, dead set is a fantastic song uh, Christmas Day uh, beautiful still one of my favorite songs of all time from any band it has just such a killer hook and I will listen to these guys I still haven't seen them in concert and I have to change that that's that's got to happen here in the next couple of years hopefully I couldn't even identify us if you played. If you played a song and you said, who is this? Uh, and it was Seven Dust, I'd be like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I believe you. So, uh, like these, so this band and like Avenged Sevenfold is like, to me, they're like, it, it's hard to describe. Um, they're a genre of like hard rock heavy metal that i just i can't i just don't like now what is it about it that i don't like i'm gonna change his mind it's hard to describe 
it's not the music it's more it's more of the the like the vocal stuff right oh maybe it is the music and the vocal stuff it's like gosh it's so hard to describe because like those bands and then there was oh god the the there was a, a band that was very popular and the lead singer passed away recently his name might have been benji um it's too late for me to think of that unfortunately i don't think it's gonna come to me yeah who was that um mm, see i don't they're they're really popular they got a lot of play on on uh, tv and on the radio and I know bands like Seven Dust and Avenged Sevenfold, like they they don't they don't no. get that play, mm-hmm. um, but oh like crawling like out of my skin my oh uh, oh you're talking about um, my wounds we're we're, 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 old, we're old people Lincoln yeah. Park Lincoln Park like I don't like them I like some of their stuff they're, and they're and not to say that that band is like this band no, because it's close. not but there's just something about that that middle ground sect of the metal where it's not the extreme stuff but it's not like the uber palatable stuff like things that are like kind of in betweenish. like there's just something about it that just doesn't ever click for me <laughs> i'm going to change his mind <laughs> anyway <laughs> and 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 once again like when it comes to the like seven dust it's not like i've sat down and tried to listen to them because mm. i haven't like that's that's not it right um i've tried to listen to a band like slipknot and which they're is more right. on the they're a little harsher more harsh thing and i just i can't get it <laughs> And I, I'm going to pull this up on the video. This is my narrow down list as Ooh. I'm going through. See, I thought I thought you'd have some Coldplay yeah. in there. Yeah, got Coldplay on here. Missy Elliott, Kanye West, Twista, Queens of the Stone Age, Chevelle. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age had a really good album in there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Kanye had a couple good albums, but I hate Kanye. So, mm. White Stripes, Gorillas, Beyonce, Amy Winehouse. Los Lonely Boys, Muse. I mean, I got I got all sort of Franz Ferdinand. I mean, there's so many good ones that I loved in the 2000s that just didn't quite make it. Yeah, I there was, gosh, sitting somewhere I was watching, the, somebody did a list of it was A to Z, heavy metal. Like I forget, it might have even been at MTV, but it was on late at night, of course. So like bands with um songs maybe it was it was songs that's what it was so songs from a to z with like the the best heavy metal song from a to z and one of them popped up in there and it was um i was like what is what is this song like this sounds really cool to me and it goes back to like the metal that you don't like which is the shouty metal which Mm -hmm. is static x and i really like static x well and guess what year 1999 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they came out with just a killer album like so good and the song that was on there uh was the one that was on that list well in 2001 they had another album that was really good too but not one like i, I have it i definitely listened to it but it just never 
clicked with me like their first one did. So that that would have been another one that would have appeared in my close to list. Yeah. But yeah, nineteen ninety nine was a great year for albums. Yeah, it was. Well, what did you guys think? You should uh, definitely go onto our website and leave some comments in the forum. So what was your top 10 from the 2000s? Or, uh, you know, contact us uh, through Facebook or through Twitter or Instagram. Leave some images or, or whatever, you know, safe images, like from the music images. Mm-hmm. Those, <laughs> those sorts of images. Let us know what uh, what you think. We'd uh, love to get your feedback and, and see, uh, see where the tastes differentiate just a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely think our list would be, like, my list would not touch anybody else's. As in, like, it'd be very low on the popularity list. So, because there was a lot of the artists that you listen to and enjoy now kind of follow in to their first albums came out in the 2000s and now oh, you yeah. listen to them now. So I, I like that first Lady Gaga. I had joked a little bit, but I loved her first album. It was fantastic. Uh, but... It, you know, this, this made all her money. If man. I if I had more time, you know, I, I could come up with a hundred list easy, just like that. And there would definitely be Radiohead on it. <laughs> but mm. <laughs> uh, though my favorite my favorite one they did was before two thousand. That was OK Computer. So talk about overplayed. Gosh, that's probably that why I don't. Lot. That's probably why I don't like that them or that album is because. It got, it got a lot of play. It did. But until next time, keep listening to music, keep reading some comics, watching some movies. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. It's still not a great ending. we got to come up with a hook. <laughs> um, let's do... Well, um, that was our list. What's yours? What's yours? The end. Bye. <laughs> I like it.